live. Welcome to Trish TV. And uh, it's a great day to have an interview with Mindy Barker of Mindy Barker Associates. And Mindy is a pretty impressive lady. She has got, um, she's an author of a book on how to pitch to win. And her company is about helping, well, they're, they're CFOs. It, it, she is about helping people who want to take their business to a higher level. Not only that, she is an award-winning, award-winning woman business owner of the year. Welcome, Mindy. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, tell me about this award. Yes, I uh, received it today at lunchtime, which is pretty exciting. And here in Jacksonville, Florida, the Jacksonville Chamber of Commerce has a Women Connecting Women event each year. And they have different categories that you could, uh, that they honor people in. And I won Women Business Owner of the Year, which was pretty exciting. And it, you win based on your success, not only your success in business, but your commitment to the community and the volunteer work that you do and the mentoring and that sort of thing. So I was really proud that all of that work was recognized as well as my success in business. Oh, wow. That's just so exciting. So how long have you been in business, Mindy? About eight years I've been doing this consulting, this financial strategy consulting for all sizes of businesses. And I, I really do truly love it because I love learning about different types of businesses and using my highly analytical brain to help people translate the financial numbers into their strategy and helping them pitch to investors and, and even make better decisions in their business day to day, because the information that investors need in order for you to secure investment is exactly what you should be looking at day to day to make management decisions yourself. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And the reason I wanted Mindy on the program is we have that in common that uh, even though I talk about resilience, that includes resilience finance. And for those of you who know my story of having uh, not done enough due diligence that um, I was working for a fellow who turned out to be a crook. And had I known the things that Mindy knows, then <laughs> I would not, and the things I know now, of course, um, about due diligence. And uh, so so there's two sides of it. There's, there's what you need to know if you want to invest in something. Right. But if you are someone, and what we're going to emphasize today is if you're the person who wants to gain investment money, you need to know what you're doing and you have to be able to back it up. And that's what we're going to cover today. So Mindy, let's talk about uh, the three mistakes entrepreneurs often make that put off capital investment and, and what to do about it. Okay. So that first one was to do with strategy, wasn't it? Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, they, if you don't have a strategy, to pitch to investors, pitching and trying to get money uh, for your investment into your company can be a full-time job and you already have a full-time job. You probably already have a full-time plus job. So if you don't strategize and you don't put together a proper database of investors that are applicable to your industry or the size of investment that you're interested in 
or the stage your company is in, you can just run around like a chicken with your head cut off, talking to different people and preparing different types of information. You, you need to control that. A lot of people don't really understand that. They get so excited that somebody is paying attention to them or speaking right. to them that they do wind up running around with the, like a chicken with their head cut off and not being efficient and using strategy right. to secure that investment. So that strategy, that's something that you can help people with because it's a hard thing to do on your own because sometimes you, you can't quite, you can't quite see, um, it's hard to be objective yourself. You, you can't quite see the flaws in it. So it is helpful to talk to someone like yourself Um, and if you can't uh, get in touch with, um, or, or, or if you're not at the level where you need to, to do that one-on-one deep talk, because your, your target market is often, uh, companies of, um, already got a million dollar turnover, don't you? That that they're going to go bigger, but that doesn't exclude everybody else. And you have a book out. Yes, I have a book. You have a book. I want to show. So for for people who might want to um, find out more about it first, uh, you have got, let me screen share. And there we are. And I'll just get rid of that banner. So Pitching to Win, Strategies for Success. And uh, tell us a little bit about this book, Mindy. So this book talks about the strategies that you need to consider to go and pitch to investors. And I even start out with talking about, are you an investable company? Because a lot of companies think they need to raise money in order to sustain themselves. And they're really a lifestyle business and they're not an appropriate investment for an investment firm. Investment firms typically want to invest money. And then when they sell the company in three to five years, they want that money to turn into five to 10 times the multiple in which they invested in the first place. So they're not really interested in providing you a million dollars to pay yourself $250,000 for the next four years. They're actually (laughs) want to invest that a million dollars to turn it into five to 10 million in the next three to five years. Yeah, now that leads me to, uh, and and we'll circle back around a couple of these things, but um, I want to get to some salient points that are, they're just so vital, um, where they're looking to invest in someone. And and as you've said, sometimes, you know, they're not going to give you a million dollars so you can pay yourself. I love that. (laughs) they're not going to give you a million dollars so you can pay yourself 250 grand a year for four years right that's not what it's for right and so that's where you were yeah I'd, i'd love to hear more about when you say oh i need the money for right and and, and yeah. back up your numbers. I can't tell you the number of pitches I have sat through where the people say we just need to raise a hundred a million dollars. We need to raise five million dollars to grow our business. And then their lips are together. They're not saying we need five million dollars to to use a million for marketing and two million uh-huh. for additional staff or or we need to spend a million dollars on systems or manufacturing. All of those things are valid things 
to spend money on to build a business in order to increase the value of it. But just to say, I need $5 million to grow my business and not really articulating how are you going to use that and have the financial projections that show that money is going to come in and it actually is going to generate additional revenue, bring in customers and build the enterprise value of the business is critical. It's, it's absolutely critical when you're having this conversation with the investors. And it's also critical for you, even if you're going to spend your own money, if you're going to take money out of your investment or your retirement account, and you're going to put it in your uh, business, you really need to make sure that you know that there's going to be a return on investment because uh, just because you're investing your family's money, you, you still have a fiduciary responsibility to your family. Right. And enthusiasm, is not a strategy. No, it's not. <laughs> a lot of people. I just know. I just know. If you build it, they may not come. Right. That's right. That's not the best strategy because uh, I, I do see that a lot of people think that their idea or their company is like they're a lot of us think of our firstborn child. Of course, our firstborn child is perfect. They're never going to do anything wrong. And they're most, the most beautiful baby in the world. And we don't like to hear a lot of, um, well, maybe they're not the most perfect child in the world. Right. And so a lot of people have that feeling. They're not willing to listen. They're not willing to take advice that actually is going to show whenever you get ready to pitch to investors. And that is not a good sign to show. You need to show that you're willing to consider alternatives, that you're willing to work with someone who's been there, done that, built a business in the past. And a lot of times investors will actually ask you a question to see if it makes you mad, to see oh. how well you'll work with them. They're testing. Okay, let's just uh, pause there. I hadn't thought of that. They will. So they're, they're, they're testing you. To, but there have been opportunities. There was one uh, earlier this year that I really wanted to go with. Um, and the fellow that I talked to was so dominating and I could barely get a word in and I gave him two chances, had two conversations and I just ended up saying, look, um, I, it's not for me. Look, I think our, our communication styles are not going to work together. Um, I, there's no way I could work. I, I could invest with someone who, who wouldn't, wouldn't listen, wouldn't be told. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, uh, they, again, they don't want you to run off with their money and do whatever you want. They want you to work with them, uh, use their expertise, use their network. And, and, and here's the other thing you need to do due diligence on that investment firm or that investment person sure to make sure it's a good fit for you. Because yeah. if you, um, if you get involved, let's say with an investor, that their fund is getting ready to end and they need to exit investments in the next two to three years. And that's not going to be long enough for you to actually build your business and get your value. Then that's not a good fit or it. And one of the things I always tell um, CEOs and founders and C-suite executives, find some C-suite people that have worked with the investors before and try to find somebody who actually has exited an investment with that investment firm, because going through the exit process is very difficult because everyone wants to make a lot of money 
and everyone wants to get through the due diligence process. And, and that is, uh, I guess that's when people really show their true colors, if you will. <laughs> so it's good to get some insight as to how they went through that process before. That's so true. And, and as you and I were talking uh, in preparation for this interview, you know, there, there was, um, we both realized that there are three areas that need to be investigated. There's, there's the, the other person and right. there's the actual deal and there's yourself. You've got to know your triggers, your hot buttons, the things right. that whether you're, an in, whether you're the investor because you want it to work and right. whether you're the person who's looking for the investment because you you like you said about the firstborn child you're so in love with it you can't right, possibly right. imagine anything going wrong but it, it's on both sides of the fence isn't it although at right. the level that you're talking about they generally have processes in place where they take the emotion out of it but for people who are looking to invest 10 20 dollars in their son-in-law's fish and chip shop right um, you know you really need to know what it is about you that right. um, yeah. And uh, one of the rules of investing on a personal level that uh, I often quote is, is there's only two rules to investing that never invest more than you can afford to lose. Right. And number two is uh, C rule number one. Right. <laughs> you know? So, and that's why someone with your expertise is so helpful because you will be the one who will go through and you're on their side. You want to help them to pitch but you'll be saying, hey, hey, this is going to be a stumbling block. This needs right. to be fixed. And, and that's what's so important about getting that third-party objectivity. So, you know, it, it's so essential. It is. It is. It is absolutely essential to make sure that you're aligned with and, and everyone is on the same page in terms of strategy. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's That's just so good. Um, now, I want to go back to, well, let's have a look. Oh, okay. Now we're looking at, um, okay, now within the performing due diligence on potential investors, so within this, let's talk about ethics. Let's go there. Okay. Now, my husband has a phrase, uh, thou shalt not, 11th commandment, thou shalt not kid thyself. <laughs> you know? Right, and, uh, right. So there's the kidding of yourself, but there's also one of the characteristics that you that, that, that I'm very passionate about is is integrity. Everyone assumes they have integrity, right? Until it's tested, until there's temptation, and until there is so much pressure that you cannot see another way out. Right. That's so, true. Yeah. Talk to me about what's going on in people's heads that might take them off track that the difficult when, when you're working with people and you're saying to them this is not right and they don't like the sound of that tell me about the different ways they respond because I imagine some of them would pull back and go somewhere else or some of them would like tell me about that mental struggle because I think this is going to help people yeah, I think it is difficult. That's a very difficult conversation that I've had with people. And I've actually mm -hmm. even told people that didn't want to hear it, that they really needed to go see a bankruptcy attorney. And wow. it's not fun. And the um, it, it, the one thing that does seem to happen with a lot of fast paced growth companies that are making really bad decisions is I will say, 
you, you really need to slow down. You really need to address us. You really need to. And then they'll start pointing fingers usually is what I'll find. Well, that's the CFOs, that's the CIOs, that's the CEOs responsibility. That's not my responsibility. I'm doing what I should do. I, I do hear that a lot. Hang on, hang on. Let me, let me pause there. I want people listening to think about what you just said, because it doesn't just happen in finance. It happens in all parts of life. Right. When you find the flaw and they don't like it, so often it'll be that's the CEO's responsibility, that's this person's fault, that's this, that's that, but but I still need the money because it'll still work, right? Exactly. And they think that we just need a little bit more time. We'll figure it out. So I, I need to, my computer has messed up and I need to go grab a cord real quick. I'm going to run and do that real quick. Okay. Okay. That's great. And I'll, oh, that's fine. So, so here's the thing with, with, look, I went to prison. I, I lost eight months of my life and my family lost me for eight months because I didn't know that my boss was stealing investors money. But that's not why I went. He was stealing investors' money, and it was my job to to manage the investors, not knowing what he'd done. He was telling me it was about the market, and you know, markets doing this, markets doing that. And for three months, I had people at me, "Where's our money? Where's our money?" And it eroded my resilience, and I couldn't take it anymore. And uh, and I ended up getting them paid uh, in a way that was not compliant with the Corporations Act. That's why this is really, really important because you can get yourself in a lot of hot water not listening to what you don't want to hear. Now, this might be a good time to mention our, our sponsors who are a company called Read It For Me. That's that's the affiliate link that I have that's uh, for sponsorship. But now, Read It For Me, and I'll put it in the text. Read It For Me is, um, is a company that summarises books to these all these books sometimes i wish i had a had a usb port in my ear so i could stick a cord in and download what's in the books well this company summarizes business books <clears throat> to 12 minutes and you can listen to it on audio or it may even be um it, they they will even do video so that's uh that's a really good thing and in the text i'll put a link to that now speaking of good books we have got uh, mindy back and um, here she is. Yep. And here we are. So that was a good little little commercial break in in between. Right. <laughs> so good. Well, good. <laughs> and and we're going great for time. Um, let's see what else we, we were talking about ethics. What else have we got here? Due diligence, and uh, try to speak to the management team. Talk to me about. Uh, yeah, where, where you've got try to speak to the management team of a potential investor and get their perspective. Talk to me about that. That kind of due diligence is is uh, interesting as well. Right, right. So that a, a team that has literally gone through an investment and built a company with the investor that you are um, talking to, they have gone through good times and bad times with them. And an investment is a little bit, an, an investment relationship is a little bit like a marriage. There's going to be good times. There's go, there is no company out there 
even Amazon.com, all the companies that have grown and been tremendously successful in so many ways, they have had good times and bad times. They have had times where the company is not knowing if they even are going to make it through the next six months. That's really hard on a management team. It's really hard on a management team and their investors. And if everyone's not in the boat rowing together and being honest and truthful with each other, it can turn into a negative situation. It sure can. So uh, it can often be the case where um, the on either side, they actually don't want the other person talking to the staff. And should that be considered a red flag? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I, um, I've, I've been in a couple of consulting situations where I've been the interim CFO or the fractional CFO. And I, I'll be told, well, you don't really need to talk to that person. Like a person processing payroll or, or someone doing uh, something that's financially related. You don't really need to talk to that person. And I, that's a red flag that I need to be packing my bags and getting out. Wow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. Okay. So that's a red flag on the part of the investor. Um, then I imagine the red flags on the part of the person pitching is that you want to make sure that whoever you're pitching to actually does have the money. How do you, how do you establish, how do you, I mean, they're not going to show you their bank account, but how do you know they're not stringing you along and just maybe going to try and steal your IP? Yeah, that's a difficult um, that's a difficult process to manage. And a lot of times companies that have really strong IP that are in the startup mode, they'll stay in what they call stealth mode and they'll work on building a minimum value, value valuable product. Uh, MVP is the term in investment world. That means that they're like if they're building an app, they're going to build an app and they'll have it on all platforms and they'll have the minimum functionality in the product. So what's it called? Minimal, minimal value? Viable product. Minimal viable product is MVP. Okay. I'm just going to pop that up. Uh, minimal viable product, MVP. So remember that phrase. That's an important one. So just explain yeah. it again. So like, if somebody's building something like technology or something like that, an app or even like a, a piece of machinery that's going to work, right. a lot of times people, when they start doing that, they're like, well, I, I need $10 million in order to make this work. And, well, and I'll say, do you have a minimal viable product or an MVP? And they say, no, I, I can't buy, build just part of it. I've got to build the whole thing. And I was like, well, let me explain something to you. Nobody's going to give you that amount of money because you have a design on a piece of paper. Most of the time, they're just not going to do that. You need to figure out how to carve out a piece of this to build an MVP, a minimal viable product in like order model to show that it works right. without right. doing the whole thing. So you, you're giving them some substance right. to give yourself some credibility. I like that. And, and then right. you, you would obviously make sure you protect your your own um, intellectual property around that product, right? Um, so that and and that's where once again people talk to someone like yourself, right? Yeah, and it, it really it helps to talk through what that might be because 
there may be some features, benefits and features that you think are absolutely critical. But then whenever you, you start talking to investors, they don't really care about that. Like when, if you're building an app, you've got to have it on the Android and the Apple platform and have it live with the MVP before investors are really going to take you seriously, for example. Yep. yep. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Now, uh, in your book, you talk about, uh, let me, oh, first of all, I'm going to screen share again. Let me just um, hide that. I'm going to screen share again because I want to show people your website uh, where they can go to, to get more information. And this is MindyBarkerAssociates.com. And uh, that's where I'll just, yep, that's scrolling. Good. So this is where they can go to find it. We engineer financial strategies. That's awesome. And of course you have, um, you have your book again, which is, there's a banner there, but I'm going to show the picture of the book, uh, which they, so MindyBarkerAssociates.com. So you can, um, let me just put that across as a, let's see, there we go. People can take their time to um, watch that and, and still see the book. Now, where can people, uh, two things I want to do. One is I want to quickly show people your seven strategies without going through all of them. But right. uh, they, they can get this book on Amazon. Yes, Amazon.com. And it's in paperback, the Kindle version. And I actually read it for the Audible version as well. Oh, you did? Yeah. Do you know, I often will get a book. And I will, you know how Amazon offers you the uh, the audio with it for a right. few extra dollars. I I have started doing that because then I can switch between my Kindle and and my phone while I'm walking, so right. I can listen at the same time. Um, and then if it's a if it's a hard book that I really want to concentrate on, listening and reading at the same time is actually um, you actually take in a bit more. So well done you on that. And and you read it yourself. I did read it myself. It, it Fabulous. was uh, so much nicer to hear it from really the actual author. Fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Now, the other thing I wanted to show, I think it's the next. Hang on. Now we go back. That's you. Look how beautiful you are. <laughs> I have got, hang on, I'll move that down. I have got a um, slide up of your seven. All right, I'm just going to bring it straight up here. Oh, there we. Oh, it was there. It was. It was here. <laughs> it was a tab. I was thinking it was a picture, but it, but it came up as a tab. So, in what we've talked about, we've talked about the essence of it. But you have um, a, a broader uh, detail that you go into that people can find in the book, but also that you would do with them yourself. So, do you want to just quickly uh, run through these? Yes. Yeah, so an execution roadmap is just basically what you've already accomplished and what you plan to accomplish and basically what you're going to use their money for. And again, you need this to make sure that you're running your business properly day to day. And infrastructure is all the systems that, and process that you need to run a business anyway. And you need to know how much cash you're going to burn through. And, um, you know, we already talked about the database of investors and, you need to have, it's very difficult to do a one page executive summary on almost any 
company, but you really need that like to bring it down to concise. And then you need two pitch decks, one to email that has a lot of detail that not a tremendous amount of detail, but can stand alone and tell the story. And then the pitch deck that you use to present is really more like a TV show so that they're paying attention to you and they're not trying to read little bitty font on a screen. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just love that. I'm just going to fill this. Whoops, wrong one. This is what I wanted to do. Fill the screen with that. That's just fabulous. I love that. Okay, so my goodness, you've given us so much information, Mindy. I'm just going to stop sharing there. Uh, so much information, uh, but you've given us uh, due diligence on ourselves as, as if, if we want to pitch to someone and also uh, for the people who it, it's good to know what people who want to invest are looking for so they can get that marriage marriage up and for people who would like to get the book they can get on amazon.com and for people who would like to work with you personally they can go to your website mindybarkerassociates.com and get in touch with you that way and uh, find out more about having a discussion with you about helping them to take it get that investment to uh, take it to that next level well done thank you so much mindy for your for your um, wonderful wonderful sharing and this has been Trish TV on Resilient Finance. And uh, as you know, we I'm a speaker and author on Resilience, Courage and Leadership. And I would encourage you to get in touch with Mindy Barker for uh, speaking opportunities and to, to deal with your businesses and uh, get in touch with me on Resilience, Courage and Leadership speaking or even the ministry side of things because I do both. All right then. So um, Mindy my goodness. And, and once again, a mention of our sponsors, uh, read it for me. And their details will be in the uh, in the text that I add to the video. So Mindy, wonderful chatting with you. And uh, I just I'm just thrilled with uh, what you've been able to share with us. So thank you so much for, for what you've contributed. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Bye, everybody.